revelation of Acts 2.38, and, and we need that. People need that. But there's a world that's blind to who Jesus really is. You read the book of Revelation, there's four horses it talks about. There's the red horse, which is communism. There's the green horse, which is Islam. The white horse, which is Catholicism. And the black horse, which is capitalism. And the Bible says that there's going to be a man that rises up, a Syrian man of sin, who's going to set his throne in Jerusalem. And he's going to claim it as his territory. But the Bible also says there's going to be an eastern sky that's going to split. And there his feet is going to touch at the Mount of Olives. And he's going to show the world who he really is. One way or another, people are going to find out who Jesus is. I'm thankful I already know. I'm thankful I understand he is the Father. He is the Son. He is the Holy Ghost. He is the embodiment of God manifest in the flesh. Amen. The book of John chapter 15, beginning with verse number 4. While you're turning, let me say that Originally, this Sunday night would be our note-burning service, but we had to make the decision just a few weeks ago. We weren't sure how long the uncertainty would last. We have pushed that service back to October the 4th, uh, p.m., the 6 p.m. service on October the 4th. Brother Kevin Cox will be with us. be a great time uh, in the Lord. So please, if you can make plans to attend that Sunday night service, amen. John chapter 15, beginning with verse 4. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them in the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Amen. The Lord has been dealing with me for some time now, now just waiting on the right service to preach it. When I woke up this morning, the Lord gave me the sign that tonight I'm going to unload my heart as a pastor. I want to preach tonight the danger of going to church. The danger of going to church. Father, we ask tonight for the help of your spirit. Without you, God, this is just words formed in the mind of men. But when you take them by the power of your spirit, they become activated 
in the hearts of individuals. Open our ears and our hearts that we may hear and obey and receive your word. In Jesus' name, can we clap our hands unto the Lord together right now? Amen. Lord, bless you as you're seated in the presence of the Lord. The danger of going to church. I began to search the scripture this afternoon. I just word searched the word search, or the word church rather, I'm sorry. The term church is not even mentioned until uh, the New Testament. But as I began to look through the scriptures, I found that the word church was used in Acts 7.38, speaking about the children of Israel when they were called out of Egypt. And the term church in the Greek actually means ecclesia, or a calling out, those that have been called out of the world called out of bondage, such, such as the Egyptians, or rather Israel, when they were called out of Egyptian bondage. And that was where the term church was coined. And they were delivered from the chains of oppression. The Israelites were delivered from 400 years of bondage, 400 years of captivity, and God pulled them out of that uncertain future, that future that was filled with bondage and despair. And he gave them a hope. He gave them a fresh start. He gave them a new identity. And thus when we speak of being a part of the church, as it pertains to the New Testament church, no, we were not delivered from physical chains of bondage. No, we weren't delivered from making bricks and being servants to people. But my friend, we were delivered from some Thing far worse. We were delivered from a devil's hell. We were delivered from eternity without God. I don't know about you tonight, but when I think about being a part of the church, I say thank you, Jesus, for delivering me from that eternity without God. Thank you, Jesus, for delivering me from a devil's hell. It's not about being delivered on this earth. It's about being delivered from what's to come. Ecclesia, the called out church. The term church in its original form indicated our identity. But over time, we have turned it into a location. God never intended for the church to be a place. But it was supposed to be a body. It was supposed to be individuals that were born of water and of spirit. Individuals that when they got the Holy Ghost, they took church with them. When they went to their family, the family met the church. When they went to their job, their job met the church. Because this is what Jesus said, greater works than these will ye do also. He was not speaking of quality of miracles. He was speaking of quantity of miracles. 
Because when you consider the fact that Jesus was one individual in body, he was omnipresent in spirit, but he was one individual in body. That means he was touching one person, one person, one person. But this is what he's talking about. He understood what was coming. He knew what the church was going to be. And he's saying, hey, I see this same Holy Ghost being put in individuals by the thousands and by the millions. And when they spread across the world, then the church is going to have so many miracles going on that nobody's going to be able to number them or count them because he knew that the church was going to be a movement. It was going to, it's not a monument, it's a movement. It was going to be a body of people that understood their identity in God and they walked in the authority that God has given them. But over time, we've turned it into a location instead of an identity. And now, People go to church. And I'm not talking about just Pentecostal. I'm talking across the denominational board. You talk to, oh, where where do you go to church? And they define themselves not by who they serve, but by where they go. Well, I'm I'm this denomination. Well, I'm I'm this denomination. And, I'm, and, and everybody's got an own, their own denomination. Everybody's got their own set of beliefs. Everybody is saved in their own eyes. But my friend, I want to remind you, this is what the book says. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. This is what the red letters say. He cannot see the kingdom of God. It's not about lining up with rules, regulations, and doctrines. It's about being saved according to this book right here. And when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you're born of water and of spirit, then you become a part of the church. This is what happened to the Israelites. They were delivered. They were called out. They were the church. But, Not all of them made the trip to the promised land. You know what determined those who made the trip and those who didn't? Belief. Belief. Because the Bible said that everybody over 20 perished in the wilderness because they believed the evil report from the ten spies. And so, this is what the Bible says. These signs shall follow them that believe. Doesn't mean it's going to follow the whole church. Because the whole church ain't going to make it to heaven. Hate to burst your bubble. But the chances of everybody that's sitting in a Pentecostal church making it to heaven is not going to happen. And I'm going to burst your bubble here. There's going to be people not sitting on Pentecostal pews that will probably make it to heaven. You know why? Because God's not checking what church you go to or what denomination you're a part of. He's checking to see if you line up with this book right here. So if we're going to be judged by the book, we got to live by the book.
Hey, friend, I believe I'm preaching to people tonight that can testify. I believe he's a healer. I believe he's a way maker. I believe he's a savior. I believe that he is a deliverer. I know what God can do. I've seen what God can do. I believe. It's a privilege to be a part of the church. Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I believe that the greatest place you and your family can be is in the church. I'm just going to step out on that pastoral limb tonight. Okay, Brother Black, help support me. Just because I don't say something when you're not here, it doesn't mean, oh, he don't mind. Because I believe it's imperative to be in the house of God every time the doors are open. I'm not going to chase you. I'm not going to police you. But I notice when people aren't here. I, My mother, my parents, I went to church when nobody was at church. They'd just drop us off and find you something to do. We just worked around the church. And as a teenager, I want to go hang out with my friends. But as an adult, I appreciate what my, my parents put in me, that you go to church and you be at church every time the doors are open. I'm not preaching against vacations. We all need a getaway. We all need time to refresh. I, hey, I understand it. But here's what happens. I'm going to use this analogy, okay? I've noticed in people, when you take someone, I'm going to just use makeup for an, for an example, okay? You take someone who has never worn makeup, and they decide that they're going to start wearing makeup. They look like clowns. Because the pendulum swings from one extreme all the way to the other. It's not just a little. It's lathered. Like you want to go scrape it off so those pores can breathe. Okay, that pendulum swings. I'm going somewhere. Just walk with me. Read between the lines. And when you go from never being able to miss service to now it's no big deal if I miss, usually the pendulum swings so far you start missing more than you need to. Y'all reading between the lines? So it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's, it sets an example for your family. That if it's prayer meeting, I'm going to the house of the Lord. If it's a work day, I'm going to the house of the Lord. We need to be in the house of the Lord. If you're in leadership of this church, naturally more is expected of you. If you're a Sunday school teacher, if you're a department head, naturally you got to live to a higher standard. Amen. Brother Black, you holding that limb up for me? Okay. This might get heavy. Amen. So, I'm not saying church is not important because the Bible says not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. 
but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What it says is this. Hey, number one, we need each other because I gain strength from you and you gain strength from me. You can encourage people in a way that I may not be able to. And so as we see the day of the Lord approaching, which every day we wake up, it's one day closer, then we ought to take heed that we assemble together and that we encourage one another. That doesn't mean you got to go to every single person and say, hey, I know life's bad. You're going to make it. That just means greet them, encourage them. They get strength from being together with you. Amen? So, Here's what I'm trying to preach tonight. Although church is imperative and it's important, there's danger if all you do is just go to church. That's a dangerous place. I'm telling you, we've got a church that I would put up against any church, and maybe I'm biased, but there's no other place I'd rather preach than Wallace Ridge. There's no other prayer room I'd rather go to than Wallace Ridge. I've been in a lot of them. I love our church. This is God's church. But there is a dangerous place you walk when your entire existence and relationship with God is just going to church. Because we were called out to be the church, not just to Go to church. There are some people that their walk with God is they walk it on Sunday and they walk it on Wednesday. And that's not how God intended it to be. I have heard of people since I've been here and people in town say, well, you know them at church. You don't know them on the other days. Well, they're right. I can't follow 200 people around and see what you're doing. I'm not going to do it. But that shouldn't be said of individuals. That they're one way on Sunday and Wednesday, and then they're going to walk this way on another day. That shouldn't be said of anybody. It ought to be that we're the same on Tuesday that we are on Sunday. Because it's not what day it is or where we're at. It's about who we serve. And it doesn't matter where they see us. We're going to be the church. We're going to be who God called us to be. Jesus spoke two words that embody living for God. This is what he said. Follow me. Two words. That, that You can sum up living for God in two words. Follow him. That's it. Because you follow him on Monday, you follow him on Friday, you follow him on Sunday, you follow him on Saturday. You don't take a break from it. You just follow Christ. You just follow Jesus. Whatever he, whatever this book says, that's what we're going to live. That's what we're going to do. The danger of going to church, first is this. When church is disrupted, your walk with God is disrupted. If all you do is go to church, when you remove church from the equation, then you don't have a walk with God anymore. 
If all you do is talk to God on Sunday, talk to God on Wednesday, I'm going to go a step further. If you haven't read your Bible in two weeks, the devil's not fighting with you. He's living with you. He ain't fighting you. He's sitting right there next to you. You can't, you got to have a walk with God. You got to talk to God. It doesn't, the Bible says pray without ceasing. Yes, you have a prayer time, but, but I'll talk to God just driving down the road. I was cleaning out a fridge today and I was just praying for people. You don't have to limit, okay, God, I'm going to talk to you right here and that's it. No, you just converse with God. You just move with God. You talk with God. It's a relationship. This year has proven just how much we must have a personal walk with God. When church is messed up, then you see how strong you are spiritually. When church is messed up. If you don't have a walk with God outside of the church, then you don't have much of a walk with God inside the church. Just imagine if, if, you, if you was in a relationship with someone and you said, okay, uh, I'm going to talk to you on Sunday and I'm going to talk to you on Wednesday. That's all I want to see you. That's all I want to talk to you. That relationship is not going to last very long because you have placed parameters that are contradictory to love. You have placed parameters that were defined by convenience. And God doesn't want convenience. He wants commitment. Relationships aren't built on convenience. They're built on commitment. Because whether it's a good day or a bad day, I'm still going to love you. Amen? When, 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 I, when I do premarital counseling, I usually do a couple of times before. And then if, if possible, I'll, I'll talk to him about six months and go, okay, now let's talk about reality. Because last time we met, y'all were in love. Now you're living in the real world where you got to wake up next to him and y'all, your breath stinks to the high heavens. Go brush your teeth, comb your hair if you got it. That's the reality of what it is. Because relationships are defined by commitment. This is what Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. This is what Jesus wants us to do, is to bear fruit. Then he says this, for without me, ye can do nothing. If you're just going to church to get a check by your name, then you're missing the whole point of living for God. The whole point is that he is the vine and we are the extensions of him in a lost and a dying world. And if, we don't, if we're not connected to him, then we can't bear fruit. We can't touch people. We can't change our community. You know how hard it is to get people to church? It's a lot easier to get you to people than to get them to here. And that's how the church is supposed to be, is he puts his spirit in us, and then we become the branches, and we reach out to all of our community, and we touch people with the power of the Holy Ghost. That's how God designed it to be. That's what we should be, is the church. So here's the other aspect. If all you do is go to church, then there's going to come a point when other people's flesh will expose your flesh. 
because I hate to tell you, but not everybody in this building is spiritual. You got me, Brother Black? Some people are fleshly. Some people are carnal. Don't be looking. I'm not annoyed. It's probably not anybody in here, okay? And it's not nothing to do with this church. It is people. People. Heard a guy one time say, uh, actually, I read a quote from him. He had a large church, and he told his ministry team, they were talking, he said, you know what? If we had less people, we'd have less problems. But the church is based on people. It has nothing to do. It's just who we are. I'd love to tell you that everybody in here is, is spiritual people or in the kingdom. Paul even dealt with this in the book of Romans. Look at the book of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. The Corinthian church was the most gifted church. Paul said, y'all come behind in no gift, but read how carnal those people were. Paul was dealing with so much junk in the Corinthian church because gifts are not a sign of God's approval. Fruit is. You get to heaven, God doesn't care how many gifts you operated in. He's going to say, how much fruit did you bear? That's what this thing is all about, is i got to stay connected to the vine. If you cut off a branch from that tree, that branch is going to die, and it can't bear fruit. It has to stay connected to the vine. It's got to stay connected to Jesus. Secondly, if you just go to church, Listen to me. I'm, 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 I'm going to walk very cautiously and carefully because this is a sensitive subject, and I've seen it happen so many times. If all you do is go to church, you'll start connecting to a preacher instead of God. That's dangerous. Got a newsflash. I'm just a man. I love you. I'll pray for you. I'll seek God for you. I'll do everything I can to help you and your family get to heaven. But I'm just a man. There's some denominations that they believe that that man is the only way they can get to God. The Bible says call no man father. That man that, that people are relying so much on is just a man. In every denomination across the board, I don't care who it is or what it is, they're just humans. But what happens is, I've seen this so many times, is people who don't stay connected to the vine, they connect themselves to the man. And when the man's flesh is exposed, they lose out with God. Because they can't imagine how a man could fall. He's just a man. Just a man. So this is how this is supposed to work. If one day God calls me from here, 10, 15, 20 years from now, I don't want to go nowhere. I'm just saying. I've always tried to follow the, the leading of the Spirit. I don't know what's going to happen in 20 years. I'm using a hypothetical situation. If God calls me and my family from here, ethically, because I've been, it's instilled in my mind, my pastor's taught, my pastor taught me ethics. The way it's supposed to work is when that pastor leaves that congregation, he's supposed to sever ties with that church and with those people. 
It hurts. I've known pastors that wept buckets of tears because he loved those people. He dedicated their babies. He buried their family. But you cannot embrace the new pastor if you're still hugging the old pastor. It's kind of like the old girlfriend. As long as she hangs around, you can't love the new one. The reason, oh, this is going to, Lord, dip it in love and deliver it on angels' wings. I may be, Brother Black, you may need some help on this one. The reason, and there's people watching. I know they're watching. That's why I'm saying this. The reason that I'm only some people's preacher and not their pastor is because they haven't left the old pastor and embraced the new one. And I'm not saying that maliciously. I'm saying that lovingly. I love you. I'm trying to tell you the truth. Trying to tell you the truth. Some people, I'm just a preacher. And that's fine. That's fine. But I try to be your pastor. I weep over you. And I pray over you. And I pray for your families. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Ask my wife. I'm not. I make mistakes. I handle things the wrong way. Since I've been here, you can ask people in this church, I've went back to them and said, you know what, forgive me, I didn't handle that the right way. I'm not above that. I'll humble myself in a heartbeat to say, I was wrong about something, please forgive me, let's try to work this out a better way. Because the bottom line is this, I want everybody saved. I I can't get you saved, I can help you in the process of salvation. Okay, But if all you do is go to church and you stay connected to me and not to the vine, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. You have, I can't help you bear fruit. Jesus is the only one that you can bear fruit staying connected to him. Amen. Amen. This is what Paul said. 1 Corinthians 9, 27. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself shall become a castaway. The last thing I want, and I pray to God all the time, I say, Lord, I don't want to tell people how to make it, and I don't make it. I could preach, and I could tell you everything you need to know, and I can be lost. I don't want that to happen. I want to be saved, and I want you to be saved. But this is what Paul was dealing with. Watch this. Brother Greg, put up 1 Corinthians 11, if you can. Uh, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 11. He said, For it hath been declared unto me of you, by brethren, my brethren, by them which are of the excuse me, house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Watch why there were contentions. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas, and I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? There were people that were taking sides with preachers. Well, I prayed through under that preacher. Well, I prayed through under this one. This one right here, I'm telling you, this is the one. Well, Paul was my man. And Paul's saying, hey, this is not how it's supposed to be. You're so tied to a man 
that you have ignored Christ. You have ignored the lover of your soul, the one that you're supposed to be in a relationship with. As much as I love you, and if God if God tarries in 100 years, there's going to be other preachers come through this church. It doesn't matter who stands in this pulpit. It matters who you're connected to outside of this church. And you got to be connected to Jesus Christ. Amen. The danger of going to church your love for Christ is compromised if all you do is just go to church. Because you're going to spend five days loving the world and two days loving God. This is what the Bible says. Bitter water and sweet water can't flow out the same fountain. Either you're going to love one and hate the other hate one and love the other. But your love cannot be divided. Let me tell you, what you how to determine what you love. What gets your time? What gets your time? I've often said, and you've heard me say it, love is spelled T-I-M-E. Love is spelled time. And if all you do is go to church and you say, okay, I'm going to love God on Sunday, I'm going to love Him on Wednesday, you're not saying it with your mind and with your mouth. You're saying it with your actions. The old saying says, actions speak louder than words. Because this is what people have, they've defined their relationship with God as rules and a check mark. Well, i got to do this. i got to do that. I read a quote. And it's so, it's so on point. It says, people bound in religion, they repent for breaking rules. People walking in love repent for breaking their father's heart. Because we're so worried about, I can't do this. I can't do that. I got I to gotta do this over here, and I can't do this. That we've missed the whole point. The whole point is about being in a relationship with Christ. Hey, I believe in holiness. I believe in having fences and guidelines. You know me well enough by now. I believe it. But relationship should always supersede religion, period. And we're so worried. I know of people. I, I, I talked to a guy not too long ago. I was getting in his vehicle, and he said, Hold on, hold, hold on, Rev. Let me. It was nowhere around here, okay? And he doesn't even go to church, okay? He said, Let me hide all my bad stuff. And I looked at him and said, You hiding it from the wrong person? But that's the mentality of people. As long as the preacher don't see me do it, it's okay. There's been people since I've been here that I saw them in a certain manner. And all they could do was apologize. There's been people since I've been here, they got mad because I showed up at things. Can you imagine that? There's been young people get mad since I, because I showed up at certain events. My goodness. You know why? Because they wanted to do something, but the preacher was there. It doesn't matter if the preacher's there or not. God's everywhere. So if you're doing it just because the preacher, then you're doing it for the wrong reason. 
Mm, some of you parents need to clap them hands. Young people, it doesn't matter. Y'all going to get embarrassed. That's all right. Brother Black's got my back in God. Young people, it doesn't matter if I'm there or not. God's there. God's there. God's at that movie house. Everywhere that you think that I don't know, God's there. Everywhere you're going that you know you're trying to hide from your parents, God's there. So it doesn't matter. You got it wrong. It's not about whether or not the preacher's there. It's about I got to stay connected to the vine. So I got to serve God every day when nobody's around. Stand with me right now. That limb's starting to crack. This is, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, Brother Brandon. And Enoch walked with God. And he was not. For the Lord took him. Now you got to understand the magnitude of this verse because Enoch with the gleam didn't even have the Holy Ghost. It was Old Testament. Yet he lived such a life pleasing to God that God said, mm-mm, I need you up here. He was not. You know what he was not? He was not sorry for the stand that he took. He was not regretting standing apart from people that didn't want to walk that way. He was not sorrowful for making a stand for God because he understood if I'm going to bear fruit I got to be connected to the vine. Musicians you could come. There's a danger in just going to church. Oh you may appease your conscience. You may, you may tell yourself that you're doing okay but the results are going to be evident over time. You know what? What the church needs now more than anything, hear me, parents, in the spirit of love. Spirit of love. This is not a rebuke. This is not getting on to anybody. This is just the facts. We need right now in the church parents that are willing to tell their young people this is how it's going to be and not wait on putting the blame on the pastor said so. I'm big enough to take it. These shoulders are big enough, load it on. Like they say, don't worry about the mule, load the wagon. I can handle it. But why do we have to use the pastor as an escape to put ourselves in good light with our kids? You weren't called to be their friend. You were called to be their parent and to help them make it to heaven. Don't throw the pastor under the bus for doing what you know is right anyway. Just say, this is the way it's going to be. This is the way it's going to be because this is the book. Man, it's about being saved. If, if, if all we're doing is teaching our kids to go to church, we're hurting them. We're hurting them. 
It's about let's live for God outside of church. Let's stay connected to God on Monday and Friday. Amen. Amen. I want us to all come down to this altar if we can. They're going to sing a song, and what we're going to do is we're going to just reconnect with God. We're going to reconnect with God. Maybe your lens has got blurred as to what really matters. Come on, let's sing it right now. I want you to put priorities back in order. Fall back in love with Jesus tonight. Fall back in love with Jesus tonight. He's the most important thing. He's the most important thing. Come on, lift your hands to heaven right now. Nobody looking around. Let your mind be on Jesus. Let your mind be on him right now. He's the best thing. It's about staying connected to that vine. It's about staying connected to that vine. Falling in love with Jesus. He's the best thing I've ever Yeah. 